Hello and welcome back to another episode of Minty's Room. I'm your host Mariam and today I'm joined by Layla once again. So if you listened to my previous episode, you'd know a bit about Layla. She is a med student by day, an activist by night. But I do recommend you listen to that one if you haven't already. But Layla, do you want to say hello? Hello, assalamu alaikum everyone. Wa alaikum assalam. It's nice to have you back. Thank you for having me back. Have you been well? It's always, uh, yes, yes I have. Yeah. How so, are you? Have you been well? Yeah, I've been good. <laughs> yeah. Um, Layla has some updates on, you know, some of the court case stuff. Would you like to share your updates? Yes, why not? Go um, for it. So for everyone who has listened to the previous episode, uh, you must have been aware that I had some court cases um, since then. I have actually won one of them. Yay. Alhamdulillah. Mashallah. Um, obviously, that's first and foremost down to... Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then my barrister was incredible you should have seen her in court it was amazing I actually didn't know what was going on like I thought that I had to come back I didn't understand like the legal terms oh. so the the judge said that the court is dismissed you're, you're allowed to leave Sana and I was like oh in my head I was like oh I've got to come back and everyone was like Sana why did you look so sad I was like because I've got to come back and they went no you've won the case oh my god <laughs> So alhamdulillah for that. One down, couple more to go. Yeah, we're all really happy for her over here because she really deserved it. She's been through a lot, bless her, and I'm glad that something positive <laughs> has happened finally. Um, but yeah, so as you probably seen from the title and the description, today we're going to be talking about our recent visit to Palestine. So if you didn't know already, I already had the opportunity to visit Palestine back in 2019. I have a full episode of it already somewhere on my, you know, platform so if you would like to have a look at that please feel free to do so. Leila actually first visited Palestine with my parents. Yes and it was two years before you went um so in 2017. Yeah. That was my first time and that's how I met Miriam um after we came back. Oh yeah we talked about this last time yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah just a little recap that's how we got introduced so it was through her parents from that trip. Um, yeah. But you had a good time when you went. I had the most incredible time. So we'd spent five days in Jordan, then crossed the border, then five days in Palestine. And what hands down, one of the best trips I have ever been on. Wow. And shout out to all of you listening. Now, some of you who are listening, you went on the trip also. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're, we're still in touch with quite a lot of people. And um, since then... Mariam's mum has actually taken on the unofficial role of taking us for a second time. So it's another big group of people. Yeah, it wasn't an official tour group. It was more like a bunch of families who decided they wanted to go at the same time. Yeah. But yeah, it's just this October gone. That That's when we went. Um, but yeah, it was amazing. And we'll talk about that in this episode, inshallah. Before we do get into it, though, I just want to say in my previous episode about Palestine and in this one as well, I don't really talk much about the history and the politics behind everything that's happening there. Um, mostly because I would say, even though I know about it, I don't feel like I'm knowledgeable enough to talk about it. So I will recommend this really good podcast. Um, it's available on all the same platforms that mine is. So on Spotify and everything else. It's called Truth Prevails by Muhammad. And he basically, it's a 
a multiple part like series and he goes through all the details about the history and the current politics of Al-Quds. So if you are interested and you do want to learn more about it, I highly recommend. They're very informative and they're fairly short as well, about half an hour each. So if you do have the time, I do recommend checking it out. Initially, we always knew that we were going to visit Palestine again, like separately, like mm-hmm. both of our families, we had already like said that we were going to visit. But because of COVID, it couldn't happen as soon as we wanted it to. Like, uh, my family already booked it for 2020, Mm -hmm. but it got cancelled and then rescheduled and then cancelled again. And yeah, that kept going on until this year. This is when, I think it's just recently that Israel opened the borders for tourists. Am I right in saying that? I'm not too sure, but it was uh, the vaccination status ah, caused a lot of problems yeah um and like lateral flows and rapid uh antigen tests so they eased that which made it a lot easier for us to then there go. you go yeah because they had that um that tourist rule where you had to like stay in a mm-hmm. hotel or something when you first land which obviously you don't want to do <laughs> um but yeah so we waited until that was lifted and then as soon as it was we booked it straight away yeah. <laughs> when we say we we t- we mean mariam's mum who is the, again unofficial lead on all of this yeah <laughs> practically a tour guide um but she, she from the get start, paid. yeah i know from the start she was like I'm, I'm not gonna be the tour guide i'm not gonna be in charge of anything. i'm not responsible you look after yourselves and then she then took on the motherly role of every single person that was there literally she couldn't help herself <laughs> she's like no 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 I'll, let me let me sort this out um but yeah so as soon as everything was lifted we literally booked it straight away i think my grandparents were supposed to go um but eventually they said no because I think my granddad he wasn't like he wasn't ready for it he said Mm -hmm. that he didn't want to see like all the stuff that was happening there so we had a free ticket basically um because my grandma was still going but my granddad wasn't and so yeah we had this ticket and you can't really get a refund on it and then I was advertising it I was asking everyone I was like who wants to buy this ticket and then eventually Sakina came forward now if you know you know that I have a, a childhood friend her name's Sakina I've done a podcast episode with her before if you scroll down I'm sure you'll see um the childhood friend one um but she decided to come and I've never been on holiday with like a friend before actually I have we went to Spain the start oh this year. yeah never mind but I've never been on holiday with like a friend like that like because we shared a hotel room and all that kind of stuff so that was fun but yeah so she decided that she was gonna come uh, which added extra dynamic because we had all these families and then just her by herself. <laughs> but she's even more lovelier in person than she is already in the podcast. So. Oh, have you even listened to that episode, though? I haven't. Yeah, thought so. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so it was like worlds colliding, basically, because you guys got to meet her and yeah. all of that. Um, but, yeah, so that aside, once we had booked it, Layla over here had a bit of a realisation. All the letters, essentially, from the courts started coming in and uh I just thought there's a chance that I'm gonna get deported back if I if I go on this trip because of the nature of my um activism um if the you know border control people are doing their job um and doing the security checks to the level that I expected and thought they would then I'm getting sent back (laughs) yes we were all like wondering is she gonna make it through (laughs) because if you don't know when you land in Tel Aviv airport because you can't fly in any other way basically like you can go through Jordan but then you have to go through border control at Israel and that's like 
hard and long. long. Yeah, you've done it before, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, so definitely not recommended. Um, it's probably best just to fly into the airport. But yeah, we were thinking... Because when you land there, you get questioned, isn't it, at the mm-hmm. border control. Um, everyone else gets to go through. If you're Jewish or, like, Israeli, you get to go straight through. But if you're a tourist from somewhere else, you'll get stopped and questioned. They'll ask you things like, what's your granddad's name? And what mosque do you go to? And, and what why did you have for breakfast? Yeah. <laughs> Are Honestly. you carrying any explosives? It's like, okay, like, these are... <laughs> definitely not like specific questions for a specific targeted you know group or anything but you know we were thinking is Layla gonna get through like is she gonna get sent back what's gonna happen to her (laughs) I had prepared my family at this point that look we'd booked it and it's all right if the money goes to waste um if like I end up not going because then the hotel and flights would have been a waste of time like money and time but you never know until you try and yeah uh, but I had to, you know, prepare them for the worst case scenario that this trip will have to be completed without me, essentially. Yeah, um, so you mentally prepared them. Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> on the airplane we were all making jokes, you were like, yeah, <laughs> Layla's going to get sent back. We've got a fugitive here on this plane. <laughs> She's not going to be able to get through. Uh, but in our heads, we were all like really hoping that you would make it through because, you know, you're a very nice person. <laughs> We'd like you, we would have liked you to be there with us. Um, but yeah, so we were all thinking that throughout the whole flight. So when we landed, my family went through. Um, we were traveling with a bunch of like random family people, like my dad's sister and my mom's mom. So we were at the border control. They were getting confused when we were trying to explain like who was who. And they like kept repeating it back to us. And then also Sakina's with us too. And we were worried that she wouldn't be able to get through if we said that she was like our friend. So we said that she was like a distant relative. We were like, yeah, she's a cousin of my cousin and her auntie's my cousin. And like (laughs) that made them even more confused. But yeah, they let us go through. But as we were going through, we turned around and looked at Layla's family and they were getting called to the back. Like they were getting sent into a separate section and we were like, oh, oh no, <laughs> what's happening? Uh, but I'll hand it over to you. What happened? So um, it was about four hours in total that we were waiting there. Oh my. Yeah. It was, it was okay though because like, we all had Disney Plus. So we just, it was like, we we're just catching up on what all did the you things. Watch? Uh, Star Wars, oh, of yeah. course. Nice. I was rewatching Star Wars, and um, we went for interviews. Uh, it was actually interesting because all of the kids got stopped, uh, but my dad. So my dad has not been before. It was his first time, and at the border control, they gave his visa. Oh, so he <laughs> but, could have gone without. So he you. <laughs> could have left without all of us, and then the rest of us. So me and my siblings, we were the ones. Like our passports got taken by another member of staff. And then they sent, you know, because they're a family, they sent us all to the back. And uh, in their interview, they asked my brother, oh, does anybody in your family have a history with the police? And he was like, uh-uh, no. <laughs> and after four hours, you know, after giving all the, answering all the questions, um, and I just, I had, I'm going to be honest, if you saw me then, I had a really, like, like mean face. <laughs> I'm not a mean person, guys, but I did have, like, a really angry mean face that day because I was just like oh I imagine I get sent back but I should have just been a bit more friendly because I know it's just part of the no but they're the checks they're the, I don't mean to sound like <laughs> oh, like a weirdo but they're the enemy yeah and like you know they were very blatant about how much they didn't want us there yeah. and they try and make your life difficult so that you don't want to come, come back, back basically yeah. but um, we were back for a second time and they yeah. knew that we were back for a second <laughs> they, when they asked at the border control they were like why are you here I was like 
Tourism. <laughs> of course, what I'm here for tourism. What do you think you're going to say? Um, I don't know. I'm here to take take back my land. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> and um, Alhamdulillah, yeah. After four hours, they gave us our passports, so we were allowed to go. You made um, that sound so easy, but it was really late at night. Like. Yeah, no, we left at about. I think we got to the hotel at about half past two in the morning. Um, so, and then there's an interesting experience from the airport to the hotel. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> oh, this is going to be an interesting one. So, probably just around the corner from the hotel, literally five minutes in a taxi, there was a big standstill in traffic and we didn't move for about half an hour, I think it was. And what was happening was all of a sudden, so this was, we're talking like half one in the morning and all of the really conservative um extremist zionists that's what i'm going to call them because that's what they are um majority were male out of the blue they all like targeted one specific car and i believe that car had a palestinian and maybe maybe one or two palestinians in there and they were throwing like like milk bottles and plastic uh not plastic but like any rubbish they could find on the car and like banging on the car and trying to, you know, obviously um, make their life difficult. They just wanted to flee. I think they were just happened just to be in the wrong place home, yeah. at the wrong time. They were just trying to go home or wherever it is they were going. And I got my phone out and I was like, oh, this is good, like, footage that I can, like, keep. And my sister was like, Layla, put your phone away. Like, they're going to come for our, they don't, you know, they're going to come for our car next. They don't like this kind of, um, like, recording or behaviour because then they realise... Oh, like then the, you know they're not online. from yeah they can it can go viral they're not from here like why are they recording, and they did come to our car next, oops, mm. and what they were, um I didn't actually acknowledge this at the first it was my sister who um, pointed out to me but uh, like afterwards, they were looking at my dad like so if you you see my dad, and a lot of people if you see my dad on his own he does he doesn't really look like he's from anywhere like he looks like he's from. <laughs> So my dad looks like he's from Pakistan, but he could he could be from e- Egypt. He could be from the Caribbean. Like we went on holiday to Morocco once, and we went on like a little uh, tour, and there was a Caribbean family, and they thought like, he was from the Caribbean <laughs> as well. <laughs> so they were pointing at my dad, saying Arabia, Arabia, like he this guy's Arab, um, and then there's just like three kids in the back <laughs> of the taxi. And basically, I didn't realise this, but the taxi driver was trying to... Like, he scrolled his window down and was trying to calm some of those extremists down and say, you know, look, they're tourists. They're here just to see the, like, sights or whatever. And after a lot of convincing, they did, like, move on. Um, But they... It was getting to a point where there was, like, I'm not kidding you, hundreds upon hundreds. Like, there was just... You couldn't see where we were because it was just males dressed in black and white with their top hats like i don't know what they were looking for they were looking for trouble yeah that's what the taxi driver said and the taxi driver actually called the police um but it's really interesting because you look at videos online where police well idf soldiers are called to diffuse a situation where it's palestinians versus Mm. they're looking to diffuse a situation where it's majority zionists and you see the difference in the way that they treat and deal with those people so from our, my last trip in 2017, I obviously had already an idea of life for Palestinians in Palestine. You know, they can't ever leave that place. Um, well, at that time, and it's still the same situation today, um, and how 
they are getting treated like second-class citizens in their own country. Um, but, it, you know, it's just... It was another shock and reminder, like, literally as soon as we left the airport, this is the reality for those people. Um, and, you know, we're foreigners. We don't. We will never, ever understand truly the extent, um, the harassment, the humiliation, the... Um, violence. Just the violence and terror that they have to deal with on a day-to-day basis. And, yeah, it was just... A, a reminder that yeah this is this is what life is like so you got back pretty late so you weren't able to make it for the first fajr salah i did try but <laughs> you were tired it's all right it's understandable after um, like the plane journey and the traveling yeah. and airport four hours at the airport <laughs> meanwhile we got through fairly easy um we had some issues with the hotel rooms <laughs> when we first got there um so we had to do a bit of switching around but once we finally like got to sleep um we woke up like an hour later <laughs> for Fajr. And let me tell you, right, there's nothing better. Nothing on this earth is better than praying Fajr at Masjid Al-Aqsa. Oh it's just goodness. beautiful. Because first of all, right, the compound that, you know, Al-Aqsa is in is completely empty at that time. Mm-hmm. There's nobody there except for, you know, the Muslims going to pray and then also the IDF soldiers. <laughs> it's like, wow, you guys woke up this early. That's dedication. You might as well come and pray. I know, right? You might as well come <laughs> in. Um, no, they're not allowed in. <laughs> but yeah, so they're all like stood at different checkpoints. Um, so you do see them when you're there at Fajr time, which is at like 3 a.m. or something. Um, so, uh, yeah, dedication. But yeah, so you see them. And then when you walk into the compound, like the Al-Aqsa compound, you see so many cats. It's unreal. There's like hundreds of them all gathered there. And it's like, wow. Like The way that I like pictured it was like, so on the outside of the, um, of Al-Aqsa, you've got these people, these foreigners who shouldn't be there. And then you've got like the protectors of the Alexa compound. The cats. All the cats. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, when I tell you guys, there was like literally at every entrance. So, how many entrances are there? Oh, I don't know. I want to say six, but I don't think that's right. I can't remember. But every single entrance, there you've got a good like 25 to 30 cats just stood there. Literally, like, yeah. Looks like they're welcoming you. I like, know. Home, yeah, please. that's what it is. Um, and I don't know what they eat, to be fair. <laughs> No, I don't know what they eat either. <laughs> but they're just there, and it's really cute, very adorable. And then it's so just you... it makes it's a very wholesome experience when you're walking through, um, and that time of night as well. And you know, but I guess if you didn't like cats, that would be a bit of a nightmare. But most people like them, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> you walk in and you see that, and then you go into the mosque, and it's just so beautiful, so peaceful. And there's people handing out tea and coffee and biscuits and snacks, and people from even the tourists, like people who are visiting they'll be handing out stuff as well because like mm-hmm. you can just feel the barakah in it like yeah. you just i wanted to have we're stuff all out. there united for have, one thing i didn't have stuff to hand out so oh, i didn't <laughs> you you brought yourself <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> what did you say we're all united in that moment yeah like all muslims have come together yeah it's just it's so nice and i don't think there's anywhere else you can experience that kind of beauty i mean you could argue that maybe makkah and medina but makkah and medina have a kind of rush that it's like it's like super busy there's yeah. so many people like thousands and thousands of people everywhere and it's like really hectic whereas Al-Aqsa there's not as many people visiting because unfortunately a lot of countries are blacklisted and they can't mm. come to visit um Pakistan being one of them shout out to Pakistan oh yeah if you look at Pakistani passport not valid in Israel that's horrible because Israel doesn't exist <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah um but yeah so 
main reason why Alexa isn't as busy is because people can't visit. I'm sure if everyone was allowed to, it would be just as busy as the other mm-hmm. mosques. Um, but yeah, for that reason, it does come across as more quiet, mm-hmm. but also more peaceful in that way. Um, but yeah, so there's a lot of people handing stuff out and lots of little kids are giving out sweets yeah. and things like that. And you're like, oh. I was so tempted to have one of the coffees, but because Fajr was at, you know, a crazy time in the morning, I did want to go back to sleep. And I thought if I have a coffee, I am not going back it's to not sleep. Happen. Yeah. I will say so, um, on this trip, we did end up getting a bit sleep deprived. Yeah. You yeah. guys, I think more than your mum, more than anyone. Oh, yeah. Oh, Mariam's <laughs> mum. Shout out to her. Auntie, if you're listening, <laughs> could yeah, not have been possible without you. I know. Yeah. Thank you so much. So when you visit Al Aqsa, like for the first time, you definitely need to get a tour of it because there's a lot of history in every part of that mosque. There's a lot of backstories behind each section that's been built, even the whole compound as a whole. Like there's a lot of stuff, a lot of history there. So it's very highly recommended that you do have a little bit of a tour. Um, there's a lot of other mosques. Yeah, like you got Masjid Burak. Um, if you obviously, what some people never heard of it, some people don't know where it is, and that's why it's, it's just good to find someone who's local. Um, because one, you can help them out by, you know, you know, giving your thanks in wh- whatever way that they would like. Um, but also learn about you know Islamic history, um, because it is one of the most significant places, um, in Islam. And like you said, Miriam, um. We just, I think this podcast is just for you guys listening, encourage you to go take your families, take your friends and visit the place yourself and see everything with your own eyes. 100%. We could never do justice to how amazing it was yeah. just by talking about it. Like you have to go and see it with your own eyes. If you have the financial means and you have the passport, you should definitely go. There's nothing stopping you. So go visit Palestine. So, because you're travelling with a bunch of different people who have never been before, my mum and dad were fixed on the idea of getting us someone to give us a tour. And so, my mum was making dua, like, just outside the mosque. She was like, oh, please, Allah, let us find someone to give us a tour. And guess who appeared out of nowhere? It was the same person that we ha- that gave us the tour in 2017. So, five years later. And the thing is, when he gave you the tour, he was a little kid. He was 14, I believe. And your dad was the one who spotted him, recognised him, and it was like we went back in time, back to 2017. Um, But this was after, like, so we were actually trying to look for someone for quite a while, and that's when your mum made a prayer, and literally within a minute, like, he came into our site and he gave us the tour. It's amazing that he recognised my dad, my dad recognised him five years later. So he was a kid before, and now he's, like, what, 19, Mm -hmm. he's in college, that kind of thing. Um, and my dad was getting proper emotional over yeah. it <laughs> because yeah imagine meeting the same person five years later at the mosque like no coordination like they didn't text each other or anything beforehand yeah. it just happened like and guys that is what you call a miracle from god literally yeah literally because my mum literally prayed for it she was like can oh, someone just... give us a tour <laughs> and then he came out of nowhere so the tour itself was amazing everyone really enjoyed it our tour guide did a very good job um if you want to learn more about the history like i said i do recommend that podcast truth prevails um you'll learn a lot about the history there but yeah so we got a really good tour Mm -hmm. and 
yeah we were all really happy by the end of it remember because we both went for our first times we went during the winter time mm-hmm. so i don't know about you but when i went it was really cold like back in 2019 it was freezing yeah i have like a that thick coat I oh yeah wear. <laughs> <laughs> um if you listen to the first podcast that i did with Layla, you'd know that she lost her luggage and so she had to buy like extra clothes and stuff whole new wardrobe yeah so she bought this massive thick coat which she still uses to this day mm-hmm. it's a very nice coat <laughs> Um, but yeah, when we went last time, it was freezing. But this time when we went in October... Weather was so beautiful. So nice, really warm and sunny. Mm-hmm. It just added to the atmosphere, you know? felt like summer. Do you want to talk about the weddings that we saw in al So this is just adding to every other amazing thing that we saw and just the whole atmosphere. This just really put it all together in a nice... Um, in a nice way, like, so what happened during was it jamal was it just that i can't remember what day it was i think it was while we were on the tour yeah we saw a wedding in the dome of the rock and so there was just this uh the bride dressed in like her traditional uh clothing and it was a really like small gathering so they obviously had you know the most important people there um but in addition to that you know there's a lot of tourists or muslim tourists you know who've come from all over the world and it was just so wholesome like it just we all just were really moved and touched that amidst all of this chaos and violence such beautiful things still happen i know yeah yeah. this happens probably on a daily basis and we just didn't see it um happen but it was really lucky to see such a we got to see uh quite a few i think it might have been wedding season or something because there was a couple every day like couple of weddings Oh wow! No, they all they all wear the same like traditional clothes. They mm-hmm. have like, this like white dress almost, and then like a white headband, white hijab, and then their groom will be wearing like a suit. Yeah. And um, yeah, they'll get married like in the mosque, and then they'll come out and take pictures like um, oh. next to the mosque. I remember my dad took some professional pictures for one of the couples, so I have some pictures on my phone. <laughs> it is really beautiful, honestly, and it's just really wholesome. Yeah. But yeah, something about this trip, like it just had a really wholesome vibe to it like because we were traveling with a bunch of different families and stuff we had all our meals together like breakfast we had at the hotel would all go at a similar time would be sitting like at our family tables then would mingle you know there was a table for the cool kids (laughs) me you (laughs) me you and uh your sister (laughs) and Sakina we would sit together um my little sister one of her friends came as well like with her family so my sister was really happy she got to chill with her friend and it was just like a really nice like family atmosphere i'd say um we got to do lots of stuff together like we would go shopping and buy like touristy things touristy things, i think like, you know places like this i was saying it to my own before it brings together the best people like allah has blessed us in such good company in such a blessed place in the world that anytime you go if it's on your own or with a group of people like you'll always be in company of some of the most amazing people that you will you'll treasure that moment for the rest of your life exactly yeah and treasure those people as well like you just have that connection yeah yeah oh i miss it (laughs) me too i was so depressed when we came back like i needed a holiday from that literally yeah not ready to come back i couldn't even function like i think i stayed at home for like a full week because of how sad i was like even meetings and stuff like i had to go back to work straight away i had like told everyone i was like by the way like i'm not in a good mood this week (laughs) because it was just so sad to come back like i don't think we stayed there for long enough we should have stayed for longer Mm -hmm. five days was not enough um 
but yeah it's just something about it like you leave a part of yourself there when you Mm -hmm. visit um yeah and you bring a part of it here too and share the stories that you know you've experienced but i will say even though we are portraying it as like a really beautiful peaceful thing we have to address the reality there is a place of you know oppression and apartheid exactly yeah um a lot of violence and you know uh, crimes committed against the palestinians on a day-to-day basis while we were there actually there were some attacks happening um and some palestinians were killed outside of the area we were in but it meant that i think a couple of people had some visits planned they were planning on visiting hebron for example Mm -hmm. but because there were some attacks they couldn't go um and it just kind of brings you back to the reality of it you're kind of like okay this is the reality of where we're staying mm. um and just the presence of the idf still when we went in 2017 when you went in 2019 they're still there they still think for some reason that they belong there like <laughs> pack <laughs> your bags and leave please who told them they could stay um, there and even though we're joking about it you know again we are we we will never really truly understand and be able to put ourselves in the shoes um and experience firsthand what it's like to live under oppression, live under apartheid as a second-class citizen in your own home, um, be evicted forcefully out of your own home, have, oh, your, yeah. have your home destroyed in front of your own eyes, have your family imprisoned for being nothing but themselves. Like, yeah. crazy times we live in, but it's so easy to forget um, that this is a norm for them when you come back to your normal life here in the uk it is so we don't do it on purpose like even the work that i'm doing right now it's so easy to just lose track like when you talk about the difficulties of our brothers and sisters everywhere in the world for example you know the the orphans to poverty to um natural disasters and people just living in crises and like because we come home to a house with heating and clean water and we know we've got food in the cupboards and we know how we have food for, you know, the rest of the, the week, not just that day. Um, we, we, We're we privileged. Oh, yeah. yeah. First world problems, we just are, like, drowning in and we don't see that there's um, proper difficulties out there. Which is why it's our duty to, like, go out and see it and then come back and talk about it and exactly. raise awareness. Because people don't know. People will live in their own bubble very happily um without care in the world and just be like oh it's okay like someone will do something i'll just make dua you know yeah and yeah it's a shame so we were coming to the end of our trip and obviously we were feeling really sad and down um the last day i remember everyone was particularly like you know they had that look in their eyes (laughs) (laughs) because you know you're all dreading leaving um also dreading the journey back because you got to go to the airport again and experience all that it's just like we just don't know when we're going to come back again oh yeah it's true. just like the uncertainty like we have it in our hearts that we want to go back um and you know you, we make the intention but when is that going to happen we just you just don't know exactly, so yeah. um it's obviously bittersweet you know especially the last day like oh, yeah. gotta that's the word leave. i use to describe the trip it's completely bittersweet because it's an amazing trip but there's like all that difficulty that and stuff that you see that makes it like you know bittersweet that's the word mm-hmm. I kept saying while we were there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, on the last day, everyone did like last minute shopping, you know, we bought a whole bunch of food for the airplane journey. So we we're buying snacks, went to this really nice bakery yeah. that had this huge selection of like 
pastries in sync (laughs) pastries and biscuits and sweets and we got a massive box of them like i think we got about 50 yeah you guys had a big box on that airplane Uh, i don't think we even ate much on the airplane i saved it it was the timing was just like it was sleep time like the lights went out and we were playing cards and we got told off oh my god yeah by this brother i don't know um he just he he, he wanted to sleep and yeah, uh, we were being me, really Maria, loud. and my sister were like, "Should we play snap? No, we weren't playing snap. <laughs> oh, no, we were playing cheat. The, cheat, yeah, yeah, cheat or BS, however you want to call it." <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. But yes, yeah, so the last day we were like shopping and all that kind of stuff, and then we were gonna go to the airport on a little tour bus, not a tour bus. It's like a little mini bus. Yeah, that happened to have a microphone, and guess who got hold of the microphone? <laughs> Marion's dad. My dad. <laughs> Gave some really, really good reminders, though. Like, Oh, he did, yeah. Because we know. were all, like, coming off the high of the trip kind of thing. And he kind of, like, brought us back to the reality of it. Like, as we were going past all these, like, settlements, because um, yeah. we were driving from Jerusalem to Tel Aviv, we were going past, like, all these, like, you know, buildings and posters and things like that. And my dad was pointing everything out. I just want to point out, Jerusalem, right? When we were there, there's like flowers and the buildings and everything's colourful and vibrant. There's people singing in the streets and there's markets and stores, people selling fruit and all that. Mm-hmm. Then when we drove into the quote Israeli cities, it looks so different. It just looked really sad. Like you can obviously see that the um just the positivity of that land has just been stripped away. Yeah. And like construction buildings and and sites and bulldozers and everything have just t- replaced it and it's just barren and yeah dead it's great and the people there are also lifeless so. yeah they have literally it looks like the life has been sucked so out of the land them. like it just looks so bleak in comparison like not even kidding i'm i'm nowhere biased but like anyone would be able to see that it just looks so dull and horrible i just do you know what i just i don't understand these people are coming from America, Canada, the Western world, like running towards this place, the ones who f- claim that that's their homeland. Yeah. Um, but, but like, what are they doing? What are, they, what are you doing there? Yeah. All you're doing is just torturing another group of people, and that's where you find enjoyment in life. Yeah, exactly. Can you go and get another hobby, please? Like, because can that's you just, like, boring. Go back from whence you came. Like, look, like, they have literally done nothing special to the land that they've taken. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, it looks horrible. And, like, it makes me sad because I think what would it look like if it was... Able to thrive. Yeah, if it was Palestine again, if it was, like, liberated again. Imagine how vibrant the whole country would look. Like, imagine, like, you know, the life back into the land. Like, it's just... Yeah. One day, inshallah. Inshallah. It's coming. It's coming. (laughs) One day. (laughs) So we took the bus to the airport and, like, straight away (laughs) is a very different scene because, you know, you're just surrounded by... Those people. Yeah. <laughs> Those people. Um, the thing is, one thing that you do notice, you can spot the people who are settlers. Like, they dress in a specific way. Uh, settlers are the people who come from other countries, like Leila mentioned, and they come to settle in Israel. Um, they usually take over a Palestinian home to do that. Um, so you can spot them. And when you spot them, oh, my God, you, like, have to fight your inner demons to not, like... say anything or like trip them over or something like that i'm not a violent person but i think i could be very violent in that scenario yeah me too with with my past anyway oh yeah (laughs) take any of them on any day 
Yeah. <laughs> Good. <laughs> you just got kind of like laugh in their faces, that kind of thing, and mm-hmm. act like you're really happy and all of that stuff. But yeah, so you see those kind of people um, going through security. This time it was different to last time because last time they were extremely hostile. They were trying to make us like, you know, not want to come back again. But this time... All the security, they were all, like, really young people. people. Yeah. <clears throat> they were, like, teenagers. Yeah. Checking our bags. One thing, guys, if you are travelling from the UK, you are allowed to bring liquids back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the most funniest thing I've ever seen. So, Mariam's grandma, obviously, she's... We're all thinking that it's the same as a UK airport where you're not allowed to bring water so any liquids over 100 mil is not allowed (laughs) so there's this one bin before the security checks that and and it's actually water like it's like a little flood underneath the bin because people have obviously emptied their water bottles and kept the water bottle like an empty water bottle um (laughs) and all I see from like the corner of my eye is Mariam's grandma emptying her big water bottle into the bin. <laughs> As in, like, pouring the water into the bin. Not throwing the bottle in the bin, but just pouring, pouring the, the water, water in the bin. <laughs> and um, obviously this flood is just getting a bit bigger underneath the bin. And then I, I just I was curious and I asked one of the um, members of staff, I said, can I keep this water bottle? And they said, yeah. <laughs> and then after everyone had emptied their water bottles out, you got to keep we got to keep <laughs> It's funny because I don't think you're usually allowed to do that, but it's because they they were so young and like inexperienced. Yeah. They didn't care. But they were actually concerned about uh, another thing, weapons. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, interesting experience. Um, I had a, an Abaya on that day. Uh, it was like a button-up one, so like you could easily just like open it up from the front. And I did have clothes on underneath. And as I was getting checked, uh, the, the female member of staff said to me, have you got any weapons under there? And I opened up my abaya and said, look, you can check for yourself. It's really comical, like, the way she just, like, pulled like it Superman. open. Superman. Yeah. <laughs> have a look. We were like, bro, you should have just, like, you know, <laughs> maintained <laughs> your modesty. <laughs> and let her, like, scan you or something. But nope, she just No, she it. so she scanned me but um, so, to check for any, like, metal objects or whatever. But I yeah. think she was just curious if I had anything hidden in my trousers or something. Um, but I did have clothes on underneath. And, um, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it funny. just very funny. It's funny because you know how, like, when you go through security and they scan your bags, and sometimes they see something in your bag that's like, you know, they need to check it, so they put it in a separate section, like, when it goes through the scanning thing. Yeah. These people were so, like, unbothered, like, they did not care that when a bag got sent to the bag, they just kind of handed it. They just, just gave it back to like, you. They're like, eh. Yeah, take it. I think they were very swamped that day. I think the airport was quite busy. Yeah. And uh, I think they just wanted to get get rid of everyone. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, But yeah, so the airport wasn't that bad. Um, There were a lot of, like, Zionists there. Um, But you just kind of, like, you just learn to, like, you know, laugh and joke around and annoy them. Um, Should we talk about prayer in the airport? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. So we needed to pray because, you know, Muslims... (laughs) And there was nowhere to pray. And first of all, bear in mind, we were we had just come from Masjid al-Aqsa. We had just prayed on the two salahs there. So our standards were kind of high in that moment. So for some reason, we thought there would be like a prayer room for us, right? But um, there wasn't. There wasn't. <laughs> there was a, a Jewish prayer room. Um, and there were some Jewish people in there praying. Yeah. But what the, Mayim's dad found was like an empty bit of space. Behind. Behind. So you had to go into the prayer room and it was behind there there was like a little cold corridor um that 
the staff let us pray in. But the Jewish people were not happy. No. They and were I don't not care. happy. <laughs> we do not care, no. <laughs> but they were really not happy about it. I'm sure they complained about it 100%. Um, but yeah. I mean, look, you should not be ashamed or humiliated to pray in public. And these people, on the Day of Judgment, they're going to be absolutely minute. They're going to be nothing and no one. And uh, you know, you've, you've done your duty, you've done your obligation for that day. And uh, you know, we should be... That's a very good point. <laughs> happy that we we stood like we 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 stood our ground. Uh, stood our ground and uh, kept our values close to to yes. our hearts. Yep. And then after we prayed, we finally got to board the plane. Might be wrong, but I think the plane got delayed a bit. Yes. Yes, it did. So we were waiting around, and then once we finally boarded the plane, um, yeah, the journey was over. Yeah, it was kind of sad. We played cards on the plane, like I said. We were really loud. We got in trouble for being loud because everyone was asleep. Like, everyone was asleep. When I just wanted to three. play some games, but... It was really fun. <laughs> it was really fun. Um, and then, yeah, the journey was over. We went home to our regular daily lives and, yeah. To this day, look, I mean, look how long it's taken us to do the podcast, but yeah. we still miss it just as much as we did that day that we came back literally i would give anything to go back right now at this very second as much as it holds a special place in our hearts you know this land is even just sacred to the people who have been born and raised there who've been forcefully moved to another country um and i'm not sure if um a lot of the listeners are aware but especially within the old city of uh, jerusalem right outside the Al-Aqsa uh, compound um, a lot of people a lot of the Palestinians who have literal literally their windows look out into Al-Aqsa mosque and you can see the Dome of the Rock from their windows and these are small like small homes like really simple, yeah. really simple really small homes but they're being offered millions and millions of dollars um, so that a Jewish settler can come and uh, stay in there and like for the for, the, for them basically to just own everything in that in that piece of land um and you just see the level of faith of some people you know you know they're literally being offered a whole new life to escape you know the the oppression the uh, second class citizenship and they will they they know this life is temporary they know that there is so much so many blessings to come if we just um yeah despite our family members getting in prison despite the violence despite the torture on a daily basis if we just don't give in to um the incentives of you know what could seem like a really luxurious easy lifestyle they're happy to endure that hardship uh, for the greater good and for for the afterlife essentially that was beautifully said Layla. good job thank you um but yeah i think that brings us to the end of the episode because i think we've talked about the whole trip and what it meant to us and i hope that whoever's been listening is has been encouraged to possibly visit or maybe look into visiting it's honestly not hard you don't even have to go with a tour group you can go by yourself just book a flight ryanair flight to tel aviv and boom you're there <laughs> literally <laughs> but, yeah so yeah end of the episode do you have anything else you want to say visit do it, do it right now go on skyscanner right now and get incognito tab up so you're not getting charged a ridiculous price. <laughs> oh, yeah, I always true. incognito it. Oh, that's a good and, advice. And um, book it right now. You, listening. Do it. Do it right now. Yes. <laughs> Even if it's not this year, next year. Just check. Inshallah. Inshallah. Um, maybe we can all go together. And please don't be like scared. Like A lot of people keep saying, I don't want to go because I'm scared of the, the soldiers, the military. 
they are scared that we are coming. Yes. Like, we want to ins- instill that fear. fear in them. Like, they need to know that this they don't belong here. Oh, one thing I, we totally forgot to mention. What? On the last day, um, while we were in the compound, remember all those tourists they came to visit? Oh, my gosh, yeah. That was horrible. So, guys, listen to this right. What? On the last day... Um, we were leaving, we just finished our last salars, we were about to go head to the airport, and just as we were leaving, these tourists, I think they were, like, Christian and Jewish and tourists, Jewish. they had come in, they were all wearing, like, these, like, cloths to cover, like, their clothes if they were immodest, and they came in guarded by the IDF soldiers, and they were all, like, walking around the compound and taking pictures of the mosque and that kind of thing. I don't know why, but it instilled, like, some kind of, like, emotions in all of us. It's like it just, a stranger coming into your home. Literally, that's what it felt like. And and so, basically, what happened, like, I didn't know, really understand what was happening until Mariam's mum wasn't allowed to go back into the Al-Aqsa Mosque. Yeah. Because one of the, um, one of the older Palestinian men, he thought that she might have been, like, like a Christian woman or a yeah. Jewish woman just trying to get into the mosque and he's just he, he's protecting him like protecting the whole mosque exactly. so they closed all the doors um they and them. and they locked them to make sure that you know the tourists can go they're not, the they mosque. can't get in because they shouldn't be here yeah uh, because what there's you know things that have happened like when people past. have gotten in they've burnt things you know and um you know smashed i mean the military smashed the windows and yeah we, i saw the bullet holes this time and it was so That's so devastating yeah so last time we went we didn't really notice this and maybe it wasn't there before but there were literal like bullet holes in the you know the barriers that separate the men and women section there was yeah, like everything bullet holes in that there was bullet holes in the walls there was smashed windows that kind of thing so all those videos that you guys have seen on instagram tiktok whatever social media platform where those rubber bullets like they literally caused devastating injuries um that was real and that the, we literally saw the marks and mm. i don't know where the people who got injured are and i hope they're still alive uh, to tell the stories but it's all very very real and you need to go yep that's the reason why i thought i'd mention it now is because you know that's why we need tourists to visit because the more tourists there are the less likely there are to be attacks because as sad as it is the idf don't want to attack the tourists they want to attack the locals so if there's more tourists visiting less likely to be attacks and things like that um so yeah we do encourage you to visit not only for yourselves but for the benefit of the palestinian people as well well that brings us to the end of the episode anyway i hope you did enjoy and i hope you learned something and i hope you do check out the other episode if you haven't already listened the one that i did with Layla, and then also the other podcast that i recommended truth prevails by Mohammed. very good very educational um but yeah other than that i think that's a wrap Layla. do you want to say goodbye <laughs> Um, well, you might see me again soon. Oh, we that's true. we don't know when, we don't know why, but stay t- <laughs> stay tuned, guys. <laughs> yeah, we might have her again. You never know. Um, but yeah, I don't know when I'll be doing another episode because I'm not gonna lie, I'm a busy woman these days. <laughs> <laughs> um, but inshallah, I'll see if I can get something up soon. Um, but yeah, take care, and we'll possibly see you in the next one. Uh, Salam alaikum and goodbye.